Welcome back, everybody, to the Damn Your Tall podcast. I am your host, Felicia, a.k.a. Fee, a.k.a. Fee Fee J. Also with Graham, a.k.a. Sir Reads A Lot, a.k.a. I ran out of, uh, yeah, I started running out of nicknames for you. You're going to have to come up with something. But yes, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about some stuff with Lovecraft Country, because we finally caught up with the last two episodes we're on seven and eight, so we're going to talk about the title episode called I Am, and then Jigabobo, or Jigaboo. I think it's Jigaboo. That's what we're going to talk about, so we're going to talk about the I Am episode. So what do you think of this one? Hippolyta manages to get the key out of the orrery, and she goes to somewhere pretty far and uses the key in into a classic Lovecraftian multidimensional device and projects herself across multiple dimensions. Well, first of all, she gets, like, you know, she's suspicious about what happened to her husband of like, she feels like they're lying to her and she's like, uh, I'm going to go off and find out what the hell is going on. Cause she finds the little astronomy thing. I forgot what it was called. The orrery. Yeah. She finds that and she figures out what to do and she goes and search for it and all that stuff. And, uh, tick wants to go use her car to go to St. Louis or something. She's like, now, you know, she kind of brushes him off. And she's like, oh, is that what lie you're going to tell me next? And she's like, bye. Vroom. So that's how she ends up there. Yeah, because Tick goes, it's a very small segment, but he goes to St. Louis because he's trying to get more information on his mother's family, which his mother is dead. So doesn't have a lot of information. And he believes that she escaped with some of the pages of the Book of Life. Anyways, they get to this um, astronomy thing kicks off and the episode is basically about Hippolyta's self-discovery um, going through different versions of reality, different dimensions that may or may not be wholly real kind of doesn't matter. Um, but it's about her kind of recovering herself after being um, treated as a black woman, um, which is not a very good thing to be treated as. Yeah. She goes through different parts when she goes through like, She's back in Africa. She's like a warrior fighting like so like civil war soldiers in Africa. Yeah, and that's actually to me a really good example because in the previous segment of it, she says, I just want to kill white people because she's so frustrated, so upset. And she gets in this. Um, I was trying to place it and I realized it was unplaceable uh, because it's intentional. And that's what I mean by it's not necessarily reality, because she's it's just this little thing in the middle of nowhere. And then this giant horde of white people shows up in Confederate uniforms. And then they, um, they kill them. They kill a whole lot of them. Yeah. So she gets like sucked into like the dimension and she's like on the spaceship with this like black, like giant black lady. I'll say that's the only way to like describe her. She's like, you're not a prisoner here. Just tell me what you want kind of deal. And she's like trying to figure out, she's like trying to make things and stuff. She's like, just tell me what you want and you can do whatever. You're not a prisoner. And she goes, I want to be with Josephine Baker. She gets transformed, like sent back in the 1920s. And she's like on stage with Josephine Baker and her dancers. And she stays there for about like, well, in the show, it's like 10 minutes. But like in real time, it's probably like weeks. Well, we'll say weeks. Yeah, it's... um and that's the other thing is it could be that it was entirely dances with Josephine Baker with how it's set up. It could be she spent weeks doing nothing. You know, she didn't go to the bathroom. She didn't go back to her apartment. She was just entirely in that space repeatedly until she hit what we realize is what the future 
being wants her to get, which is her own discovery of herself. Yeah, and then she's like, I want to be like a warrior or what she call herself. Uh, she's like an Amazon warrior in like Africa. She kind of gets beat down by like the head woman, and then she becomes like the head woman. Like she sees herself as like a strong black woman, I guess I'll say. And they, like I said, they fight Confederate soldiers. And then after that, they have what is definitely the more emotionally resonant, but interestingly, also the smallest space, which is her and her husband, George, in their bedroom. And that's where um, I actually had some feelings about. Oh, why is that? Because I don't want you to ever feel like Hippolyta felt there, like you had to be smaller to be with me. Because George admits that he forced her to be smaller because he wanted her at home too cook and clean and she wanted to be on the road with him exploring oh yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> that's i'm never gonna feel small because i'm six one but still but yeah i understand that and she's like is this real kind of like they're in that space of like is this real like what's going on and then she gets transformed into like some sort of outer space world like the jetsons or something yeah, it's based on what their daughters drew, and in it, she and George are exploring the galaxy together. Yeah, so, like, that's where we kind of left her. She goes on, like, her, like, the episode is basically, like, her adventure. Like, Tick gets sucked in with her, but we have no idea what he saw <laughs> until, like, the next episode, but we'll get that in a second. But, uh, yeah, coming off that, like, Tick gets pulled back into it and before all this happened like two police officers come and confront her before like she opens up the portals like what's going on here and then tick comes out of nowhere it's just like uh, they and the officers and her get in a fight and they opened up the portal and tick throws one of the police officers into it and he's just never seen again and then uh hippolyta shoots one of the officers and he's dead so that that's what happened that she kind of gets sucked in and then tick gets sucked in and he comes out and he has to be like, uh, I, I got to get the key and, you know, go back. And like, I don't know what happened to like, you know, my my aunt basically in this situation. So he just kind of leaves. But they leave the comic book there that their daughter drew. And that's how what sets us up for the next episode. What I think is interesting and maybe an error on their part is um, watch. Let's fo let's focus on this episode. Um, what did you think of it? I thought it was interesting. It was a little weird. Like, it was, like, all these episodes are kind of, like, their own thing, but it plays into the story, kind of. Like, I want to find out what happened to, like, Tick. Like, what what did he experience? Like, we later find out in the next episode, but I want to know where the hell she's at now. Like, what's going on? She's just going to stay there? <laughs> what, what is she doing? Yeah, it does feel very weird to bring in a character who's been, I mean, Hippolyta, I think, has been in every episode, but she's never been a major character in any episodes. And all of a sudden, she is the main character. And then you kind of expect, all right, are we going to flow back to her being a major character? Nope. She's not. She's just gone. Yeah, so with that, we kind of end on, like I said, I was like, why didn't he pick up the comic book or throw the police officer just in the void? Like, he's dead, so it's not like they're going to come and there's magic and stuff that happens. I mean, it, that could be explained. But yeah, the comic book gets left by her daughter. And they come to find her in the next. Well, that's important because that allows that episode to tie back in. Because otherwise, Hippolyta just goes off, goes through the portal, um, finds out about George, and then that's it. There was no... 
that episode is extremely self-contained and you needed a way to tie it back into the main plot. And the way to do that is to have the dead cop and the comic book so that the cops know where they came from. I guess that's true. But yeah, I didn't think it was like, you know, bad. It was interesting. Just like the one, that one standalone, does it meet me in, uh, was it Daegu? Yeah, that was an interesting one. What I made the mistake, I checked IMDb to refresh myself. And apparently young white men do not like this episode at all. And they give it ones and they call it terrible. And they say it's too on the nose to which my response is, have you not watched the show up to this point? This show has been entirely on the nose the entire time. Wait, what episode? The, the I am or why is that too on the nose? Oh, it's somebody called it race baiting. Oh my god. <laughs> what? People are butthurt. Well, there was actually one comment, and I promise I won't do this anymore because this is a giant waste of my life, but um, somebody said how many um, <laughs> episodes are targeted at you that I have to suffer through, and there's finally an episode targeted at me, and you whine about it. This is apparently one of the worst episodes in television history. <laughs> Which is completely not true. Not in the slightest. <laughs> oh my god, like, the people that but I mean, it's a show with black people going through racism and magic. I mean, what else do you expect? Don't watch it then. But I guess everybody's entitled to their own opinion, so. Opinions could be wrong, and those opinions are wrong. But I really like this last episode. Oh man, I was like, run it back! Run it back. There was only one part you liked it. And I am had a whole bunch of white people getting killed. And you didn't get as excited about that. I like when the monsters kill them. It makes it better. I mean, anytime white people, because they're okay. I won't say anytime when white people die. It's when the bad, like corrupt, like the, uh, like the police officers in like the first episode, I'm like, Oh my God, they're just making me so angry because this actually happened to people and they died and they didn't get justice. And I'm like, yes, yes. Like when bad white people die in this episode, like they beat up like just innocent black people. That's what I'm like. Fuck those guys. All right. Anyways, so we liked I am, although it, it is another self-contained episode that doesn't really do a whole lot for the main plot. It adds, it fills in a great deal of information about Hippolyta and George, but it doesn't really affect directly the main plot. It doesn't really move forward the plot of um, Christina tried to become immortal. Um, anyways, so to move on to the one we just watched, your turn to do a plot summary. Oh, okay. So this one episode, it starts off with basically the memorial of Emmett Till. And they're like, it's basically the hottest day in Chicago and everybody's trying to go into the church to visit, you know, Emmett Till. And it was Diane's friend. Emmett Till was Diane's friend, so she's kind of creeped out about it because she's like, that was, you know, my close friend, and he just went down to, I think it was, Emmett Till went down to, like, uh, Mississippi, right? One Southern state, I can't remember. Frankly, I don't remember. Okay, well, it was, like, Mississippi or uh, some one of those states, and, you know, everybody knows the story. He whistled out a white, allegedly whistled out a white woman, and, you know, he's from the North, and two white guys beat him up and threw him in a river. Pretty much. And 
his mom was like, no, you don't see my child's body. So they had an open casket and everything. And they made like a comment. I'm glad they didn't show the body. That would have been too much. But they, you know, to just kind of, they didn't use the actual Emmett Tilt picture. They just used like uh, her friend's picture. And um, it was the hottest day of the earth. She was like, what's that smell? And she just kind of looks at, um, was it Letty? No, 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 Ruby. I think it was Ruby. Both of them were there. Yeah, everybody is pretty much there, except for her mom. And she goes, she just doesn't say anything. She just kind of looks at her. She goes, it's him? And yeah, because, you know, they just, it was open casket and his body was bloated and all that stuff. But everybody's kind of like freaked out. All the white people, like all the cops or stuff are kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of all the black people are getting kind of rioty, I guess, because, you know, it was kind of a big deal. <laughs> In most sense. And uh, there's a lot of stuff going on this episode. I'll try to summarize it as quick as possible. But Diane gets cursed by the two cops because they're asking her, because they found her comic book at the site. And he spits in her hand, does some like incantation. She's like, what the hell's going on? And she gets followed by these two like basically caricatures, which are like jigaboos, which they have like big red lips, dark, and they have like super wild crazy like nappy hair i guess i'll say and she gets chased by them but she's the only one that could see them and letty i mean tick knows that she's pregnant at this point but she hasn't told him yet and she's trying to there's a lot of people we find out tick knows she's pregnant in the most lovecraft country way possible which is by reading a book written from his son he got when he went to the future by accident (laughs) Yeah, so that's how we found out what he was doing. He was like into the future. His son wrote Lovecraft Country. And there's like a whole nother story in like the previous episode that his father's gay. And, you know, he has to deal with that whole thing. But it seems like in this episode, he kind of forgave him. (laughs) So he's like, we got more problems to worry about here. Like Hippolyte is missing. (laughs) Like we don't know where the hell she is. And Diana's going, what the hell happened to my parents? One of them's dead, and the other one is just mysteriously gone. And during the episode, she finds the car, so now she knows her mom is not gone. Yeah, and it's at uh, Letty's house. So she's like, what the hell? And she goes to her house after, you know, these strange, like, she has, like, an incident on this, the train car where the, the things come at her. And she's like, what? Like, can anybody else see them? So she's like, she finds out she's the only one that can see them, and she goes to Letty, and she's like, girl, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and she's like, you don't see them? She goes, there's some water in the house, and she basically spends the rest of the episode trying to not get caught by the Jigaboos, basically. And the reason that Letty is complete beyond Letty kind of being self-absorbed um, is the... I'm going to call it a kitsune, even though it's that's Japanese. The kitsune from Korea has come because she's so worried about Atticus. So she and so Letty and Atticus should have had a fight because this woman from across the seas that is that is still in love with Atticus just showed up. Yeah, and he's like, I don't even know. Like he was telling her, I don't even know what I you know saw. I didn't believe it at the time, and all this stuff. And she, uh, the. Basically, the nine-tailed fox creature is like, uh, you're going to die, but I don't know like how it's going to happen. Or She's like, I saw your whole life flash before your eyes. And he's just like, what? Dude, go home. <laughs> Basically, that's the only scene we see her in. She's only in it for like five minutes. And she's just like, 
uh, Letty's like, uh, she's in love with you. And he's like, I don't love her. I don't want to be dead. <laughs> so, and then, like, what's the white lady's name that has all the magic? Christina Braithwaite. Okay, yeah. Like, there's a whole thing she's trying to get, like, the spade, the pages of the book, like, that whole subplot thing. And she's still trying to get the key from the orrery, which Atticus trades her for in return for learning a magic spell to protect people. Yeah, and he, she goes to Letty and was, she's at the church after Atticus and them getting a fight and she's trying to, you know, finagle, she's trying to work both sides, basically, to get what she wants. And Letty gets protected spell and Tig does his spell. He doesn't think it works. And then, what I say, Diane. And then there's the arc with Ruby and Christina because Ruby leaves the line. We don't know if she ever actually sees Till's body, but she 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 leaves from there to go to where Christina Braithwaite is pretending to be a man using the potion. And then um, they have sex as their potion versions. And Braithwaite makes a kind of a good point of like, because Ruby's all like, I can't believe you don't care about Emmett Till. And Braithwaite's kind of like, I don't think you care either. Yeah. There was a lot going on in this episode, but I'm trying to sum it up here as quick as I can. Diane gets, uh, she locks herself up. She's like fortified her little, her uh, dad's garage, grabs something heavy. And then here comes the, the monsters pretty much. And Tick's dad comes in. Was it Montrose, right? Is that okay? Yeah, Montrose comes in. And is like she's swinging at nothing. He can't see them, and she's like, "Let go of me!" And then they finally catch up to her, and you can see like something happening. But that, that's where it basically cuts off from her story. Then we get to Tick. Um, the police come uh, to Letty's house, and um, they're basically like, "Hey, we had some activity earlier in the episode. There was like some." islamic radicals i guess and they're like we had a tip that they were you know coming in this house she goes what nation of islam is what they say yeah okay yeah so they they do that she goes man fuck you pretty much and one cop comes in but the main cop who is like the magic guy the house is protected still he tries to come in it's like douche and they both like oh shit like her sister's like oh, he knows magic, and he knows that you know magic, and they basically start shooting up the house. Letty is protected because she gets up, and the bullets are just like a little air, just like they just bounce off of her, pretty much. Like she's like Luke Cage or something. And Tick comes, and he's just standing like, what's going on? And the police turn on him, and they're like... You found this lead-up very emotionally uh, moving. Because you're like, this actually happens. Because Teach is running out of the house, screaming at the cops to not shoot her man. And they all turn their guns on her man. Well, I mean, yeah. So basically, they all draw the guns out on him. And she's coming out and like, it slows down. One cop, they're like, pull your hands up. And he's just kind of like standing there, like with his hands up. One cop shoots. And then the monsters from like the beginning of the episode, one jumps out and just wreaks havoc and starts killing all these white dudes, all these cops. I'm like, yes, yes. I was like, oh, yes. And like, 
just like start stabbing them and just ripping their heads off. And the head guy that does the magic ripped him to shreds pretty much. And it turns to like them because they're hiding behind a car and he just puts his hand out and it's like, okay, the spell worked, I guess. And that's basically where the episode ends. Oh, and there was one guy that just got thrown past the house. I thought that was funny because he's like, ah! <laughs> and that's where the episode ends. There was a lot of stuff going on, but I was just like, yes, the buildup. I like this one. Yeah, and this is one that has a lot going on in it. And that's because a whole bunch of the plots are kind of activated and run simultaneously through the filter of Emmett Till's death. Um, you forget that. Christina Braithwaite probably to test to see if she can come back from the dead has people kill her like Emmett Till was killed and thrown into the river and she crawls back out. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, there was a lot of stuff going on and that was like a little 10 minute or like a little blur. That's like a minute, a minute and a half in there. But yeah, I can't wait for the next episode to see. Maybe we'll get to find out what the hell happened to Hippolyta. <laughs> She's just out there chilling. Well, she already decided that she wasn't going to move on with the future people and live with them. She was going to go back to her Earth. So she's theoretically going to show back up. Yeah, eventually. Because her daughter is like, what is she going to be like a Jigaboo now? Like, what's going on with that whole thing? Because that they just cut that off. I'm like, damn it. Yeah, well, and there were two Jigaboos. And, oh, man, I, don't even, I do not like saying that word. There were two of the monsters... And it seems like one of them got mad that the other one got her because they, they show um, Montrose is holding her and then they cut to her. It's still the same shot, but they show what she's seen. And one of them is digging its claws into her left arm. Yeah. Ah, man. Oh, I did leave out that she went to the police and like spit on him. It's like, fuck you pig. And she's like, yeah, it is Hippolyta. It's not, it's a Greek, not African ass. Yeah, because one of the underling cops had complained about their uh, African names. And I instantly went, wait a minute. That's not right. Hippolyta's queen of the Amazons. What the hell? So, yeah, they had that. Oh, I like this episode. It was, it, I think it was pretty good. If anything, that could have been two on the nose with the cops shooting like black people. But, I mean, this is like back in, what, the 40s, 50s? Uh, late 50s, yeah. Yeah, so there was like still like at this point in time, Emmett Till got shot. He started like the whole like segregate like not segregation movement but the whole um oh my trust civil rights movement <laughs> that's what i was trying to say like that hadn't started yet black people still getting treated like shit i was like if anything people should have been mad about this episode but i thought it was good i did intellectually think it was a little weird to weave in something as specific as emmett till's death because this whole thing has been, it's been a historical fiction in a lot of ways. You know, it's been set in a very specific historical location and time, but there was never really anything specific about it, if that makes sense. I think it's because they set it up as Diane's friend. So she's kind of like, it hit close to home to her because that was like one of her close friends. And she's like, that could have been me, you know, like a kid that age, like, he was just minding his own business and he got like went down to the south and she's probably like, I don't want to ever go down there. So that's where I think it kind of like ties into that. Well, yeah, but what I'm getting, I'm, you're right there. What I'm getting at is it feels intellectually, it worked well, it worked well on the show, but it felt strange to have a specific event tied so tightly into it. But at the same time, 
this has been a like I said, it's been historical fiction with magic in it. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Anytime monsters kill people, it's always great, especially the bad ones. So we're gonna find out what's gonna happen for next week's podcast on Sunday. So yeah, again, if you haven't been checking it out. I'm not going to do spoilers. If you haven't, just just skip over the first 20 minutes of our podcast. <laughs> if you haven't, let's do it. But yeah, I, I would suggest find somebody with the HBO Now or HBO Go or HBO in general and watch it. You, you can binge watch each episode in a day. There's eight episodes are about an hour apiece. So yeah, go ahead. Check it out. I think it's done a great job of being Lovecraft while being something Lovecraft would have absolutely hated. Because it's got, but the whole personal journey through multiple dimensions, Lovecraft visits a couple times. Um, so it's very much using the images and things Lovecraft operated within for a very much, a much more interesting telling. Yeah, I don't read Lovecraft because he was racist, but <laughs> so. He also was not a very good writer. Oh, so. Why did he get so? Well, no, nice good people. He got the attention because he was a prolific, weird fiction. Nobody was really writing anything like he was. That's that's what that's a big reason why he became popular because nobody else was really doing this weird stuff. Uh, the closest thing he kind of had was Poe, and he only did that a little bit. But he so that's why he it, in. He basically opened up a field, is what I will say. Okay. Well, if you want to check it out, I think it comes on like at 9 o'clock on Sundays on HBO. So, And there's like a million other podcasts for it. I'm going to watch the actual like licensed one by HBO. I'm going to start listening to that, see what their you know, thoughts, you know, other opinions besides our own. Because we watch it, and I mean, I'm pretty sure they watch it multiple times. So, yeah, just going to enjoy it. I am. Is it too on the nose for you, Graham? You're a white man. This entire show has been on the nose. I mean, that's one of the reasons why having, for me, having a book called Lovecraft Country written by the son of a character does not cause me any sort of mental um, uncertainty. It works perfectly fine because the whole thing has been very tight. It's been very on those. They have not... This has not been a show where suddenly it goes from allegory to being on. The, no, it's just been on it the entire time. They've been clear what they're saying. There's not been a lot of beating around the bush. So, yeah. All right. Let's try and go on a different topic for we because we can probably talk about that again all day. Graham got a new computer. Yay. The audacity uh, can turn the programs the recordings into mp3s faster so that's been nice and also it allows me to play video games better but yeah so shout out to beeler he was getting rid of it i was like i'll take it graham can use it and harvest it for parts so he basically he's got to do some more stuff like send some hard drives over or whatever i don't know if they will be compatible with that new one because it's so much newer that hard drive shouldn't be a problem. I just need to actually take the time to open up the machine. And I don't know if this one has enough cabling for it. I mean, there's nothing stopping me adding the three or four hard drives. I have any other machine in this one. Okay. I thought it might be too old, but yeah, he has to adjust because he's just taking up a whole nother corner. There's like a whole nother tower over there with it. But his old one is just, 
if you can see, it's basically got probably a whole bunch of corgi hair in it. You've had that thing since what? College, high school? I've had since, since before I moved to Robinson. So 2013? Yeah, so that's like old for a computer. And it's got parts that are much older than that. Yet, so. But yep, he's got a brand new brand new computer and he's enjoying it. It's a lot faster. <laughs> I can tell and uh, it's all HDMI instead of using whatever the computer cord to plug into the TV back there because he for his monitor, it's like my old like 20 inch maybe TV that I got from like college. I know that's what I'm not complaining about. <laughs> so it's working. I'm trying my aunt gave us another computer or not a computer another tv because she got a smart tv and we were trying to see if we can hook it up so we can have a dual screen setup but we probably have to get a bigger desk at some point <laughs> or move our printer yeah we've got a whole bunch of stuff to move around over here in my corner of the room but i mean that's kind of a good thing to have yeah i've been organizing things i went and got some more totes because our bedroom was starting to look like just a pile of clothes because we had way too much. We had to get grab some new work clothes. And then I have a whole bunch of just clothes in general. And I was like, we need somewhere to put these. So now our bedroom is like actually organized. I got those little plastic totes. So I was like, yes. Well, the, the drawer ones, not like just a tote to throw all our shit in. So, you know, adult life here. Well, not really because we're using them as dressers and we do naked an actual dresser. So we're not doing too good on the adult life thing. Shh, no one has to know all that. I mean, it works. They were cheap, and I just needed something to get the clothes off the floor. So they put all like our summer stuff in there for right now because it's it's fall right now, but it's actually kind of warm today. It's like 70 something. Yep. So yeah, that's that's the big news. Graham finally got his new new computer for free. So that's nice. All he needs now is like a new keyboard, a wireless mouse, which he's so Hates wireless mouses for some reason. I don't know why. Your mouse, when you have a desktop, it doesn't go anywhere. There's no reason to bother with batteries and use up slots when you can just plug it in. Yeah, you can just plug it in, use a USB. You don't you only use one USB right now. What other thing are you using a USB for? I realized when I said port, I still have to use up a port. But I mean, a wired mouse, you just, no batteries. You don't have to worry about any. You don't have to worry about connectivity. You don't have to worry about anything. It's the same reason I hardwired my computer into the router instead of using a, instead of using Wi-Fi. Because when you're playing Fall Guys and you can't play it anymore because the Wi-Fi goes out, my internet connection is stable. First of all, my PlayStation 4 is hardwired as well. So what are you going to say about that? That's because I did it because you refused to do it. And you're like, oh, it worked just fine. It worked just fine. And then I went hardware and then we didn't have any problems. No, because I kept losing connection when I was playing Fortnite and all that stuff. When I would lose connection for no reason, we had full service. And I was like, I'm getting tired of this. You're like, okay, let's just hardwire it. So we hardwire it now. So, bleh. so what this all comes down to is I'm right. What this all comes down to is I need a PlayStation 5. So. Still waiting on the black colorway. Come on, PlayStation. People like black. It's more sleek. Why white? <laughs> it looks more sleek. Like compared, like all my systems are black. It doesn't match. I like to match at least. Don't look at me like that. 
that's my little rant. I'm waiting for the the black colorway. I'm not the only one that thinks so. I was watching or listening to the read, and he was talking about why is this ugly white? I don't want that, and I don't want to have to spend like fifty dollars on a skin to cover it up. I was like, I spend five hundred dollars on the system. I want the color that I want. So, man. <laughs> it's my podcast. I can rant if I want to. Yeah, I guess so. Anything else you want to talk about? You got a book. Oh, he's pulling out a book. He's got a book. I'm going to go read. I'm going to go sleep now. Ha, ha, ha. What I've got is The First Crusade, A New History, The Roots of Conflict Between Christianity and Islam by Thomas Asbridge, published in, in whatever, published fairly recently. It's a good introduction to The First Crusade, the causes thereof, and um, books is much more on the political interplay which I think is very important. It's easy to talk about all the, the battles and stuff like that, but in history, wars really matter not for the battles, but for the results they have. Um, so I will say at times, it does get a little bit too interested in the battles, but it gets interested in the battles because of the political conflicts it causes amongst the Europeans. Because this does a very good job of reminding you that the Europeans were a mass of different cultures, many of which didn't like each other, some of which were actively at war with each other, all joined together to go to the Holy Land. And yes, the armed pilgrimage element was important for many of them, but these are also, you know, the major barons and things like that are political operators, they're struggling for dominance, and this is just another field to struggle for dominance in. And I think it does a good job, too, of pointing out that, you know, there was pro- there's this, oh, let the Pope run it, kind of. But the Pope has no, well, has some, but very little secular authority. He, he rules a very small section of Italy at this point. So it's, it's a very interesting, and it's what I would call a popular history. It's meant to be read, and it's written in a much more engaging style than a lot of it. So I think if you're interested in learning about this, and it is a very important thing to to read. I mean, I kind of, I think it being the roots of conflict between Christianity and Islam is a little much. It is definitely a seminal moment in the relationship between those two worlds. Um, But I, I think it's worth reading. I would recommend it to people interested in history, religion, and modern politics. I think all the people who should know all those things would be interested in reading this book. There we go. No, that was a very quick summary. I have a topic. Halloween's around the corner here. And we're starting to see, I think we're going up to your parents' house next weekend. Well, this, by the time you're reading it, it will be this weekend that we are not reading it. Listening to this episode, we will already be up there. And up in Naperville, they do things a little bit differently. There are a lot of people with money, so I guess they have a lot of time to decorate houses for the holiday seasons. Like for Halloween, I'm pretty sure there's like, I'm they're the neighborhood that hands out the full size candy bars. Like that's the neighbors you want to go to. Actually, very few people up there hand out full size candy bars. What? Are they cheap? Yeah, I know it's kind of weird. They're, they'll spend a ton of money on their decorations, but um, there's only they have changed in the what, 10, 15 years since I went trick or treating there. Um, the, but there, I only remember one house 
doing full size candy bars. What man? If I had a, like as much money as these people, I'd be handing out the full size candy bars. I mean, come on, not the king size, but at least the full size ones. Let the kids rot their teeth. Throwing them at people walking by. I guess I remember I went trick or treating, and we, me and my friend April, we went to like in my aunt's neighborhood because it was like you know we just go there we could stop and use the restroom my aunt's house and all that stuff but there was somebody handing out raisins and like at the time we were just kind of like what i think we just threw them in the street <laughs> it was like one of those things we looked in our bag and we got it and we're just like just threw it in the, <laughs> in the yard i mean i don't want raisins it's like i don't want anything healthy what is this madness raisins what are you insane you just act that's like people that hand out like my aunt used to hand out pennies. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, I know no kids is coming to this house. I was like, oh, don't, don't go there. That's the penny house. I had like the best trick-or-treating experience. Your parents think it's weird, but I think it was a genius idea. My father used to go take us to the store and we get what's called starter candy. Yes, starter candy. A lunatic idea. Uh, you're... Just, okay um we'd get starter candy so my dad would take us and he would take me and my friend abel she would just come to our house and then we go to the store and she didn't know anything about this i was like i thought everybody did it he'd take us to walgreens and we get two bags of candy each and he let april do it too. he's like yeah you never heard starter off candy and she's like i didn't know this was a thing and we get like you know the fun size candy we dump it in the bag that was the candy you start off with and Graham thinks it's weird. I was like, you know how much more candy you get when you have a starter off bag on top of the candy you got? Like, my candy box, I was, my candy bag was full of candy. Like, I had to hide it from my mom because she tried to eat my stickers. And my sister because she got too old. And I was like, you can't have any of this. This is all mine. I got my starter. I worked hard to get this candy. I walked the whole neighborhood. The whole neighborhood. <laughs> He's still looking at me like I'm crazy. That is like the perfect thing. First of all, it's kind of starting to get cheap because, you know, they got to get rid of it. So they start to slowly mark it down the day of Halloween. So we go in there and, you know, we get all that stuff. But the deal was like, if you got any Snickers or no Reese's and dots was like my dad's candy. Your dad and Reese's cups. It's he has a very complicated relationship with Reese's Cups because he loves them but in my experience about 75% of them aren't up to whatever weird standards he has that's because like a long time ago they used to sell like if they have like the ring around them like that's because they're old so he doesn't want to get the old kind even though I'm like that's like one in a million shot now getting them but anyway Reese's and Dots he's like if you get any Reese's or Dots that's what I want. And I was like, all right, I got you. And I think my mom was just like mounds. And I forgot something else. Like the mounds and the other one that was like mounds, but without the coconut. She liked those. So I was like, okay, good. I don't like the mounds. And, you know, dots are okay. But, you know, it's hit or miss if I want them that day. And the Reese's like, he can go ahead and have those. So I come back loaded with candy. And at my aunt's house, she'd have the best spread. First of all, we get Coney dogs. So she'd make Coney's every Halloween because Halloween is like her favorite holiday. And she would go to 
Costco and get the giant bags of candy. She get like a tub of uh like uh Twizzlers. I showed you a picture. You're like, oh my god. Um, she basically just get a whole spread of like multiple types of candy, like bags and bags and like it's like a candy store. And she just sit out in the garage. And that's how she did. She's like, all right, go ahead and pick a little bit from each. And all the kids would come up there. You know, they're like little. They're like, they grab one. And they're like, uh. she goes, keep going. Uh, okay. And then she added chips. She get like one thing of chips. And once they're gone, they're gone. You only get one bag of chips. So that's like the spread house like over there. But once we were done, we go there. And she's like, all right, I don't want any of this candy. Please take it. Whatever you don't take, I will take to work when she was at work. She's retired now, but. She's like, whatever you don't want. And I'll be like, shoot, that stuff, all that stuff. And I'll just dump it in. My bags were so heavy. I was eating candy for like months. <laughs> I like didn't run out for at least a month or two. So I had just a bag full of candy. So I think I had the best trick-or-treating experience. <laughs> Experiences. I don't know about you. What about what about your trick-or-treating experience? Oh, no, we had a lot of fun. Um, costumes, walking around, everything else. Um I still hate those orange and black loose tooth removers that masquerade as candies. They come with the wax paper and they're gross. I'm trying to think. I don't like candy corn. Ugh, candy corn is not good. I really like candy pumpkins. Brock's candy pumpkins because dad loves those. And they're only good. I've learned this over the years. They're only good if I have stolen them from him. He's actually, there's one year he actually bought me a bag so i would stop eating his and they were legitimately not as good yeah you guys eat those pumpkins like bleh. i'm all like my favorite candy to get i mean i'm not too super picky on candy i like tootsie rolls i know a lot of people don't like tootsie rolls the dots usually it's uh i think it's the child's play which has the dots uh the tootsie rolls all the flavors and all that stuff that's like my favorite kind but I mean, as long as it's not like fruit, I'm good. Like, give me anything. I'll be like, oh, candy I never had before. I'll take this. Like, ooh. And I just dump it out all on the floor. And I just, I think I like rolled around in it when I was looking. I was like, yay. That was like my money. I was like, woo, my God, it's candy. And I was like, what you got in there? I'm like, no. She'd come in and she's like, I'm checking it. And I'm like, she didn't check anything. She just eat it. I'm like, what? You're not even looking at it. You, you know, sometimes when you get a bag of candy, a bag is just open or something. I was like, okay, if it was open in my bag, I'm not not going to eat it. She's like, mm, I'm checking it. She, as she's eating it, I was like, you're not checking it, mom. It's not fair. I'm like, stop. This is all mine. She goes, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, all my candy. And then she just leave. And I was like, that's when I started hiding it from her. She's like, where's the candy? I was like, it's all gone. She's like, you ate all that? I was like, yeah. She's like, mm-hmm. Now we have on recording you lying to your mother. Well, that's a really good look. I mean, I'm pretty sure she knew that I did eat a ginormous bag of candy because I used to take some to school so I can have it to snack on in like middle school and stuff like that. I just like, all right, here's what I'm taking today. I have a little zip, little baggie, and I put my little candy that I wanted for the day. I'm like, yeah, this one I'm gonna eat. And we all, you know, share and like, oh, I'll trade you this one for that one. So and me and April like, yo, we got the most candy. We're like, ah, yeah. Trick or treating is great. Are you going to dress up this year? Uh, what did I do last year? You did Michonne from Walking Dead. 
No, no, I wasn't that. I was. I just had my horse head, and I think I scared a lot of children because it wasn't really Halloween because it snowed on Halloween last year, and I think it was like through the week. And they're like, "Well, it's supposed to snow and all this," and we were like, "Oh, you no, know, there still might be people, but people were doing trick or treating basically out of their car. They would drive and just like park in their parents to send them to the door." Because I, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Simone, my little cousin. She's like ten or eleven now. Like she's old enough, like to walk around herself. But I was like, you know, usually I would take her around to the houses. She was kind of shy, but now she's kind of better at it. But it was snowing. I was like, I ain't going out there. <laughs> I was like, it's too cold, man. Like it was, it was like thirty-two. Like it was thirty-two and snowing and rain. I was like, nope. I'm gonna sit up here eat these conies. Like no kids really came, so I came back with a whole bunch of candy back to our house. It was great. Yeah, that was a lot of candy. But you still haven't answered what you're gonna go for Halloween this year. Probably nothing, because I don't think it's gonna happen with the whole Rona situation. My aunt's like, no one's really talking about it. It's in like a couple weeks, and it's on a Saturday, which sucks. Like it's good for like us because we're probably gonna go down to my aunt's house and you know chill up there for a little bit, go to my parents' house, talk with them, and then my aunt's making conies, but I don't know if she's doing the whole, like, you know, door-to-door thing because you gotta have that six-feet discipline. You gotta just throw the candy at the kids from six feet away, like, here, kids, take this! So I don't know what's gonna happen. No one's really talking about it. I think you could still do it, but, like, the way my aunt does it, you know, just have the table out there, she could do it that way, but the kids at the table would have to be outside of the garage and we'd have to be like six feet away from like the table. So I think that could actually work, but who knows what's going to, what's going to happen. So I'd like for it to happen. I mean, we're going to be there either way. So, and I will be getting the candy that is half off the next day. So well, we're going to be there specifically so you can eat your aunt's Coney dogs. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Just saying. It's free food, too. You should be happy. You're going to. Fine. You don't want to go? Did I say anything like that at all? You over here talking trash. You just want to go there and get free food. Uh, Yes. Nice hot dogs, coney sauce, chips, all the stuff. Exactly. That's what I thought. Ass. One of the things you had written in the notebook is spinoffs. So, yeah, I had about spinoffs because I saw something on Twitter that they're making another Walking Dead spinoff. And I'm actually watching a spinoff of a show from Moesha, the Parkers, which I actually like the Parkers better because it's more like adult because Moesha was kind of, you know, good girl and all that, even though she's kind of an asshole. (laughs) But the Parkers are more because they're in college. They're like, you know, more adultish. But The Walking Dead, I feel like, has too many spinoffs of, of like, the show. Part of the problem with The Walking Dead spinoffs, too, is The Walking Dead doesn't have... It's the original series, at least the books, it's very heavily focused on a small group of people. So you don't get a lot of world development because it doesn't matter for this small group of people. So it's not like it's created this interesting universe to exist in. It's... I mean, beyond the character group, it's a fairly stock standard zombie world. So, yeah. Okay, so I'm looking, I just looked it up. Uh, besides The Walking Dead, which is the original, they have The Walking Dead World Beyond. I 
and the Walking Dead cold storage. I don't know if these are all real, but the Walking Dead tore it apart, and I know Fear the Walking Dead. And then they're going to have another spinoff with two characters that people really like. I forgot. Uh, Carol and... Ah, shoot. What's the... Norman Reedus' character. They're going to have their own spinoff in like another year or two. So I'm like, there's just too many spinoffs. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, the, the comic wrapped up like a year ago. So the comic's done. And I actually like the comic better. I mean, the TV show's not bad, but you can tell they're trying to stretch things out. And plus, characters have left. Like, Michonne's gone. Her character is gone. Um, What's her name? Glenn's girlfriend. I forgot her name. She's gone. She went off the show. Rick, he's gone. So a lot of the main characters that people really liked are either dead or are they like, okay, I want to do something else, like be in another TV show or gone. So I just think, like, eventually they're going to have to end it. <laughs> like, it probably should end it a long time ago. I mean, to me, it's kind of interesting when you compare it to Game of Thrones. Because Game of Thrones created a world that you could exist in. And there was a timeline back and a timeline forward. And unlike Tolkien, who created a world that he meant for people to play in, there's not that nerd lockdown. There's only one version of this. It, um, Saga of Ice and Fire is open enough that you could do, I mean, you could do something in the past. You could even do just side stories, not the main plot. But I just, I don't know. I mean, Walking Dead's, like I said, is pretty pretty standard zombie movie. Yeah, I remember when it first came out, like, people were like, you know, Sunday's like, oh, I gotta hurry up and watch it. Like, I was just like, you know, I'll, I'll watch it eventually, but I never, like, hopped on it. I don't want to be like, oh, I never hopped in on that train. But, I, you know, when it came to, like, Netflix, I started watching it. I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's fun, interesting, but I think we started watching it, and then, you know, I hop around on shows a lot. <laughs> so we started, we got up to, like, season six, wherever the one where they're in that, uh, um, another fort yeah we stopped watching when they met hilltop which apparently means we missed the guy with the bat which is apparently a really great part of the series oh the lucy guy no we we're basically where they're in the town where the abusive husband whatever that is called we're in that point where uh rick and uh michonne are like dating we're at that like area and I mean, there's always good episodes and bad episodes. Like people complain when they're in the jail because they're like, look, we trying to save money because you got to pay the cast. And it was a pretty big cast. Like by staying set like on sets and not like traveling everywhere all the time, which people complain about, which, yeah, I guess it's not like the comic where they can be like, oh, we can go here, 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 here. Like read the comic then. I mean, in the comic, if they want them to go on a road filled with wrecked cars, the artist just draws a road and draws wrecked cars on it, whereas for the TV show, they need to stop a road, put a whole bunch of cars on it. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, as, and then all these just, there's so many spinoffs of things, like, I, I can't keep up, because they keep coming out. I, like, I know the show is popular, but is it that popular anymore? Like, it's not like it was when it first came out. Like, Walking Dead started in, what, 2010? I, I think is That's 2010. Seven. That sounds roughly correct. Yeah. yeah, so, like, when it first came out, people were like, oh, man, yeah, because, you know, zombies, that was, like, a huge thing. Like, people were like, oh, zombie apocalypse and all that stuff. And, you know, people 
will like hop on, stop everything to watch The Walking Dead. And now I feel like it's kind of like people are just like, oh, it's on now, but not watching. I mean, it's 10 years later and people, some people's favorite people have, you know, left the show, like I said, or died. So kind of like Game of Thrones, but they don't care about that. They're like, hey, oh, it's your favorite character. Too bad they're dead. So, and I know that there's going to be in talks with like, Game of Thrones spinoffs and stuff like that they're trying to do because, you know, Game of Thrones is like a big deal. Like, okay, we want to capitalize. We've got to make stuff, but people didn't like the last season, so we're going to... There was a whole thing about trying to rewrite that. I was like, guys, just let it go. If you didn't like the last season, you clearly didn't pay attention to the English War of the Roses, which is what Game of Thrones is. It's the War of the Roses, period. When I, I remember, I was looking at, I was going, "What minor character is going to come out of nowhere and be king?" I was wrong. I, I didn't think about Braun. I'm not, but I mean, it's that's what it was. He's very clear about it. It was the War of the Roses. It just with Farmer Brutal and uh, with dragons in it and a uh, zombie horde from the north. But I mean, even that's present in the in the Wars of the Roses because that's called Scotland. But yeah, I don't know. There's probably gonna be a whole bunch more spinoffs of Walking Dead. But how much more can you do? Like, I mean, I know they created a whole universe, but geez, like, are people like super interested anymore? Like, from what I'm seeing, it's not. Well, as you've already said, you're not a very devoted show follower, so you're probably not the right target audience for it. I mean, I watched it. Like, I. Like we were watching it when we were well, I mostly when we were like painting our uh, miniatures. I was like, "Yeah, hey, let's watch The Walking Dead while we're painting miniatures for the game," and I enjoyed the show. But I mean, of course, some episodes are better than others. But like right now, I'm not going to watch it because it's on cable. When <laughs> we don't have, I was like, "I'll just wait till the season comes on Netflix and we'll just you know binge watch it on there." But it's just, I think they saturated it so far down, trying to stretch as much money out of it that people lost enjoyment for it i still think we're probably looking through it from long runs i mean you really like lovecraft country and it took us almost a week to you know catch up so uh, you're just i just don't think you're quite the target audience for that sort of constant spin-off existing in a universe sort of thing well i like cora and that was a spin-off of the avatar and a lot of people don't like that but i enjoy it it's more like you know the adult version i don't know i think it's just it's just too much spinoffs they're just trying to do way too much in the universe like you know one to two okay because they're like hey maybe we can do like another group of people try to get you know something else going fine but now there's like five or six like that's just too many well kind of my point is that if you start because the original story starts near atlanta you can do a group starting near Chicago, Denver, uh, out in Manitoba, and I don't think we'll really have the effect. We don't have time for that because we got to do Graham IDK. No, let's let's do the other thing. Whatever the other thing was, let's do that instead of Graham IDK. Nope, too bad. I already got it up. <clears throat> you ready for your word? As much as I'll ever be. Your word for today is woes. W-O-E-S, woes. Oh, okay. Come on, this should be easy. 
I can I get a sentence because I know what the right answer is, but you're going to give me some other answer. What is the right answer? Like sufferings, woes inflicted upon you, things that make your life difficult. But there's some other weird, cool kid version that's probably fake. Yeah. Uh, what? Probably fake. Well, you're wrong. Well, I mean, woes does mean like sorrow. But I need this sample sentence for whatever nonsense you're going to do. Okay. Me and my woes going out tonight. Yes, you asked. Uh, married girls? <laughs> like hoes, but with a W. What? No. Basically, my squad. You run with every day working on excellence. It says stands for working on excellence. I don't. The squad. I don't know about that. But it's like your squad of people, like me and my woes going out. Your friends, your buddies, your pals. I would have no success without my... Oh, hold on. The sentence. <clears throat> I would have no success without my woes. Staying real the whole way through. Garbage. What, Garbage. Garbage. Oh my god, you're just a hater. Well, go ahead and read us out just because you're mad. I'm too mad to read us out. All right, fine. This has been Damn Your Tall with Alicia and Graham. You can reach us at damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. You can also follow Felicia on basically all social medias at fp underscore j247. So, yeah. See you all next week. Bye.